0: I love video games so much. I'm pretty fond of this podcast too. They're fun. This is fun. Video games are fun. Well, not all games. Echo the Dolphin's not really that fun. But most games are fun. You know what isn't fun? Buying razor blades. And my friends over at Harry's agree. And that's why they started their company. And I don't understand why anybody would buy razors from anyone else. I'm super serial. Hit up harrys.com slash RTG and pick up a $3 trial set to find out for yourself why I'm so damn serial about this. Harry's makes the best razor blades out there and they ship them right to your front door. I don't think I'm allowed to lie in these, but I'm not anyways. I've been using using Harry's for years and I've never considered going anywhere else. The blades come in this awesome little container that's easy to travel with and keeps them sharp and clean and the razor handle doesn't look like a piece of plastic out of cyberpunk. Those handles are great for high school kids with peach fuzz, but you're a man now. Shave like one. And it's not just the blades. Looking good is great, but smelling good is just as important. Harry's has skin softening body wash with scents like stone, wildlands and redwood. I don't want to smell like plastic. I want to smell like a man. They have awesome smelling deodorant for $5, hair products, grooming supplies, everything you need to go from a five to a nine. Well, like an eight, and we don't want to overpromise. Well, like an eight at least. Harry's offers subscriptions so you can get your blades and supplies when you need them, and you can feel free to cancel at any time, but you won't want to, I promise. Listen to me. Harry's is legit. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just three bucks at harrys.com slash rtg. That's harrys.com slash rtg for a $3 trial set. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 196 and we're going back to the GBA. It's one of those consoles that we probably get the most requests for that I rarely go to because I just never played it back in its prime. Those were my bar hopping days when I was out getting rejected by women all over the place and stuff like that but anyways every fucking time I fire up the GBA and I play something on it I enjoy the hell out of it what an understated console the GBA is Uh, and this week as you can probably tell by the music and the title of the episode we're talking Castlevania Aria of Sorrow although in the interest of full disclosure I should point out I didn't actually play it on my GBA I played it on my Nintendo Switch via the Castlevania Advanced Collection, which I will give a thorough recommendation to. It's very well done, as are both the regular Castlevania and Contra packages that are available right now. So, you know, I don't make any money off, you know, shouting them out or anything. They're both just really good collections. All three of them are, so they're worth checking out if you're interested. Um, I will say though, I did get a, I did get money for this episode. This episode is one of our sponsored. Uh, episodes where a member of the community has been generous enough to sponsor the game we're talking about over on Patreon. And my man Tin Smasher picked this one. And this is a really rad story because Tin Smasher won Uh, the remember the game fantasy football league we had running over in our discord over the last season of the nfl and used part of his winnings to sponsor an episode of the show knowing that a portion of that would be donated to charity which is really really fucking cool of him so massive thank you to my man tin smasher not only for being a generous motherfucker uh, but for turning me on to such a rad game because i love this game and if you haven't listened to it yet we reviewed Castlevania uh, Symphony of the Night a couple of months ago. It was episode 182. And I got to say, I was I was pretty underwhelmed by by that game. And I know, send your hate mail to at gmail.com. I got a ton of it. They still come in every few days. Uh, but this game, Aria of Sorrow, this was everything that I wanted Symphony of the Night to be. I fucking loved this game is it perfect Eh, not quite but it's very 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 good and in my limited castlevania experience this is now my number one for what it's worth i've only really played uh super castlevania 4 castlevania symphony of the night the original Castlevania, and Castlevania Aria of Sorrow. But Aria of Sorrow is number one for me uh, by a mile. My guest this week is my buddy Bradley McHugh, who was also my guest on the Symphony of the Night episode. And we butted heads on that one over pretty much everything to do with that game. And we weren't quite on the same page this time around either, but it was a lot closer than Symphony of the Night was. We both agreed that this is just a really fun video game. And at the end of the day, my friends... Isn't that just what, is that all that matters? That's what matters. Is, is a video game fun? And we're going to get to all that in just a minute because speaking of what really matters at the end of the day, it's time for yet another edition of the Remember the Game Infamous Intro. <laughs> da,
1: da, 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 da.
0: And if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Our intros have gotten kind of long. They're out of control now, but they're fun. We talk video games and it's it's not, it's not just, you know, it, well, I mean, it is just rambling, but it's video game rambling. You know what? Our, our intro is like the very first part of a Castlevania game when it's just crappy zombies and skeletons and you're just cracking skulls and finding slabs of meat everywhere and eating it and enjoying the scenery. It's very chill. But if you do want to skip it, if you're just here for Castlevania talk, go about 30 minutes up the road and you'll be in Castlevania country. Right. <laughs> And we'll go from there, okay? Uh, we have i got to do my quick plug. this, yeah, this oh, i got to do it. It's my job. Uh, we have merchandise. We have hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, posters, all rocking incredible art that was drawn by my man Joe. You can check out all of his work at 4545creative.com if you're interested. And you can check out our merchandise at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're like, I would really like to wear a stupid shirt to support this stupid idiot from Canada who loves video games. Well, you can find it all at rememberthegamepodcast.com. It's a great way to support the show. And of course, if you're like, I don't do close. that's that's not how I don't know I don't know what traditions are like. Another here in Canada, we wear clothes most days, but I don't know what things are like in the U.S. or Newfoundland. I don't know how you guys work. So if you don't like clothes, you can always just consider supporting us on Patreon. It's probably the greatest value in the history of the internet. For just two bucks a month, you're gonna get two extra podcasts every week, every week. So it's like 8 to 10 podcasts a month. You get exclusive access to my gaming news show Game Patch every Friday where I look at all the biggest news in modern video games, add my opinions and some profanity and stuff in there. And Expansion Pass every Thursday is a different show every week. We do game rankings. We look back at characters, consoles. We do some comedy episodes. There's game reviews. This past week on Expansion Pass, our topic was selected by the community and spiciest gaming takes was the subject du jour. Our listeners sent in their hottest gaming takes. I slapped a rating of one to five on them. I broke out my comedian chops. Because if you don't know, like I really am a stand-up comedian away from this podcast. That's, that's my night job. Uh, I reacted to their takes. It was a really fun episode. It went over really, really well. So uh, as is becoming tradition during the intro, here is a sneak peek of last week's episode of Expansion Pass, your spiciest gaming takes. Kelly wrote in and said, Sorry, kind of a confession, but I can still put it in here. I just don't really like Super Mario World. I find it kind of boring and slow. Sorry, Adam, not enough blast processing for this girl.
1: Oh, I admit it. It's only two alarm, two and a half tops.
0: I just wanted to be a big man in front of the kids. Two stars because I don't think... That you're trying to troll me. I just think that you really don't like Super Mario World. Which makes sense. Because you're young. And you young fucking kids are just... You don't know good. All you fucking know is the internet. And fucking NSYNC. And fucking plastic or paper straws instead of plastic, and you don't know what dial-up internet was like. So two stars. I almost would have given you three stars for that take, Kelly, but you came in and said, sorry, Adam. And I don't want, no, there's no fucking, there's no sorries in spice. You don't go to a chili cook-off, and then when you eat the chili and it's too hot, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. You go like, yeah, it fucking hurts. Have fun later on the toilet. It hurts. That's I want the hurt. So two stars, Kelly. Chris Daniels wrote in, and said, I actually like the ending of Mass Effect 3. Lisa, is that too spicy for you? I can see through time. Oh, oh that oh. So that episode's available now in our archives and this week for expansion pass number 109 I'm gonna review Kirby and the Forgotten Land for the Nintendo Switch which is a game that I had absolutely no intention of playing until everyone just kept saying it's really good you should play it it's really good so I finally bit the bullet and not to spoil the review but uh, yeah y'all were right it's a really really good friggin video game so uh, that'll be tomorrow's episode again two bucks gets you two extra shows a week plus instant access to about 200 archived episodes plus access to join our remember the game discord the chance to vote in our patreon poll at the beginning of every month it's live right now the ability to submit comments for all of our podcasts and you're gonna get a shout out and get to hear me mispronounce your name like i'm about to do to most of these people a huge thank you to our newest patrons and there's a lot of them this week so i'll go thank you so much i'm gonna try to rip through these and see how many of them i fuck up a huge thank you to taylor nordinger kyle turner tuner I don't know if I typed it wrong or if it was Turner, or if it was Tuner. Anyway, Kyle with the last name I don't know what it is. Red fucking two names in. <sighs> Taylor Nordinger, Kyle Tuner or Turner, Red Hood Todd, George Emmett, Scott Lancaster, Christofola Christophilus Maximus, Christophilus Maximus, Jason Workman, Michael Columbus, Dem boys on the roof, Stephen Carney, Sweet Tea, Brando Osmo. Oh, what the fuck, LOL. Which I just got right before I read it. I thought it was, oh, what a fool, oh, LOL. Well. Cannibal Corey. Brady Tinnin. Stephen, Stephen, Stephen McGregor. Donatello eats ass, as all the cool turtles do. Uh, Trent Richardson, Last Minute Hero, Brent Strickhauser, Cinematic One, Max Lagroom, Darth Maggot, Super Mario World is not as good as Adam says. That's not fucking true. Nicholas Duncan, Darren's Johnson. Love that handle. SSG, Current, remember the game, Hall of Famer Mark McHugh, James Juan Francesco. I hope I didn't fuck that up, James. C- Caesar Bustos. The Jamanian Nightmare, Doug Walsh, Vincent Auclair, Christopher Wynn, and Lauren... La Ruzic. I'm sure I fucked a whole bunch of those up. But a massive thank you to all of you for joining Patreon. Patreon.com slash RememberTheGame. And to wrap up the sales pitch, I won't mention Patreon again until the end of the show. Uh, 5% of our Patreon every month is getting donated to the our Remember the Children 24-hour charity stream at the end of the year. So you're helping the kids up too, out too. We're over $900 right now and we still have a lot of year to go. So thank you all so much. Uh, Patreon.com slash RememberTheGame. And you can find me on Twitch. If you're interested, I'm over there twitch.tv slash member the game a couple of nights a week. Sometimes I'm gaming. Sometimes I just build Legos. And you can just I talk life and watch hockey and build Legos. Uh, so you can come by, go to twitch.tv and look for member the game, not remember. And that's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you by blowing in our cartridges. It is our opening segment on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our patrons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment blowing in the cartridge
1: he blows all right he blows big time
0: that's it honey get into the spirit let's blow our first blower this week is master vv who wrote in and said keeping with the theme of castlevania what game drives you crazy the most on enemy hitback? most likely into a pit mine is a little nes title called battle of olympus p.s congratulations on number one in canada yeah we were the number one video game in canada Like a week ago. I think we're number four in the US right now on the leisure charts. So we're fucking beasts. So thank you, Vivian. Thanks to all of you, by the way, for listening and helping us get there. I'm fucking wild. Uh, So, what game drives me crazy the most on enemy hitback? Um, You know what? It probably is Castlevania. The the original Castlevania. Those mother fucking Medusa heads are just the biggest load of cheese. Of all time. And then the stairs don't catch you because the stairs in Castlevania, at least in the early games, don't fucking work. So it would either be Castlevania or the other one that jumps into my mind is Ninja Gaiden. But Castlevania makes me substantially angrier than Ninja does. So that's my answer. The fucking knockback is such garbage. Fucking Castlevania. Thanks for writing in, uh, Vivi. That Bailey guy wrote in and said, hey, Adam, a non-gaming related question with the Stanley Cup playoffs just getting underway. Who do you think will make it to the Cup Finals and who do you want to see in the Cup Finals? Uh, so, yeah, if you don't know, I am a Canadian. So this is part of my uh, I um it's its part of our Constitution or our Bill of Rights or whatever it is we have here in Canada. I'm legally required to tell you who I think will win the Cup. Uh, I think the Stanley Cup Finals will come down to Colorado and Carolina and I'm picking Colorado in six. Who do I want to see in the Cup Finals? uh i would i really would like to see colorado so i'm gonna say colorado and florida is who i'd like to see in the finals either way i think colorado wins they're my pick to win the cup i think they're just they're fucking beasts uh thanks for writing in uh bailey guy The 16-bit Big Boss wrote in and said, Harvest Moon 64 is the game I want to see on the Nintendo 64 online service most, which got me thinking, did you ever get into the farming slash slice of life Sims a la Harvest Moon slash story of season? I know you said you're afraid to touch Stardew Valley because you get sucked in, but I love them. They're my favorite no pressure, just chill games to play. Thanks for the show, Farmer Blank. I listen when I'm working in my real life garden. I can't wait for my hot peppers to come in ready in a few months. Hell yeah um i don't play a lot of those i've the only like farming type game i could think of that i've played i guess it's not even farming but it's uh i played animal crossing i know it's not totally farming i played animal crossing new leaf on my 3ds quite a bit when it came out and i really enjoyed it and then as i've told the story on here a few times i'm a recovering minecraft addict i don't play it anymore Uh, or very rarely. Uh, So no, I've never played anything Harvest Moon or any of those other games. I've never played Stardew Valley, not because I don't think they're good. People are always telling me they're great. I have zero doubt they're great. That's precisely why I won't touch them. My backlog has become a being on itself and it's going to fall on me and kill me someday. And I just can't afford to lose hundreds of hours into one of those games when I need to keep up on the backlog. So the, the only one I can think of I've played is Animal Crossing New Leaf. And I don't know if you'd consider that. A farming game, but that's probably the closest one outside of Minecraft itself. Uh, thanks for writing in big boss Good luck with your hot peppers last-minute hero Wrote in and said, Hey Adam, have you ever heard of or used retro achievements when playing classic games for your podcasts? I found out about the website myself about two years ago when I switched an emulation machine front end to Launchbox and there was a retro score at the very top where it redirected me to retroachievements.org and I signed up. The site has been around for a few years, but pretty much they break down the code of games that do not have achievements and create goals and leaderboards that are similar to that of the Xbox achievement system or PlayStation trophy system. I always had a hard time going back and staying interested in playing retro games but having retro achievements attached to my emulators, it's breathed new life into all the titles that I used to love. I'm currently ranked 1163rd out of over 400. Is that? So the number that's written here is 40, 5444. But I'm assuming it's four hundred and five thousand. It's either four hundred and five thousand four hundred forty-four or forty thousand five hundred and forty-four registered tracked users. Either way, to be in the top eleven hundred of that is pretty good. And I've been working my way up the leaderboard for the past two years or so. I encourage you and any of your listeners to check it out if you have a love of retro games and achievement hunting. As games are added daily by creators, would love to see you show up on the leaderboard one day. Cheers um you know what last minute hero retroachievements.org is a website that's come up a few times because i've talked about how i wish nintendo had like an achievement slash trophy system for their nes and snes online games and with playstation rolling out all of these new classic titles that are going to be added to ps plus soon i've been saying i wish that they would go back and add trophy to support some of them because i'm not a big trophy or achievements guy but i love retro games and that would be the one i'm interested in uh, i don't use retroachievements.org but a vast majority of the retro games i play these days aren't emulated um between the, the classic collections releasing everywhere my collection of physical classic consoles it's starting to grow unintentionally uh stuff like nintendo online and things like that i play games on the up and i'm not dunking on those of you that use roms but i play games on the up and up absolutely whenever possible uh and obviously i can't install this hardware, you know, on a fucking Nintendo 64 or whatever, uh, to do that. But yeah, if any of you are interested, go to retroachievements.org. It's a really cool thing. If you're a trophy or achievement hunter, uh, and you like retro games it's a really really cool website that we probably should have brought up on here a long time ago because people have been bringing it up in our community for a while so thanks for that last minute hero much appreciated chalupa cabra wrote in and said all right adam be honest does vertical noise know who you are or do they have no clue that this amazing group of podcasts of yours even exists i only ask because the thought of these guys rambly randomly stumbling across dozens of stories you've told of them trashing your place or getting stuck in an airport and having no clue who you are is absolutely hilarious so for those of you that don't no game patch. One of the Patreon exclusive shows we do is uh, the the theme song for that podcast is called a certain host of a certain talk show, and is provided by a, a UK uh, rock band named Verti- called Vertical Noise. And uh, no, they do know who we are. Actually, they were um one of the members of the band. I don't know if he still is or not. So Dan, if you're hearing this, I'm sorry if I'm throwing shade. I really don't know. But one of the members of the band was like one of our earliest Patreon supporters. And uh, we just got talking and he sent me a link to some of their music. And I loved that song. And I was like, because one of the main lines in a certain host of a certain talk show is I've got several episodes of experience, which makes me an expert. And I was like, yo, could I use this for my Game Patch podcast? And they said, sure. And they initially asked me to make fun of them over a joke about using Nicolas Cage's private plane. Uh, So I did. And then when they said I could drop that joke, I just kept the show. It's almost become our like how the Simpsons write something new on the chalkboard every week. That's kind of become my vertical noise stories over on game patch. So yes, they do know who we are. And, uh, yes, that, that would be fucking hilarious. Yeah. If it was just some random band that I was fucking with, but they know who I am. Thanks. Chalupa Cabra banjo. The bear said, Mr. Blank, what's been one of the most difficult games you've recently played? Uh, without question tunic without quite. I haven't decided if I'm going to review tunic or not yet, but I just finished it. And the first, if you don't know what it is, it's an indie game. It's on game pass. I played it on Xbox. um, kind of like a modernized link to the past uh, aesthetic isometric very very challenging game most of it the combat isn't challenging trying to figure out where you're supposed to go and solving puzzles is challenging but the final boss almost made me break a controller it was fucking vicious and i like my games tough but that pushed me to my fucking limit so tunic without qu- i haven't decided if i'm gonna review it or not because i haven't decided if that final boss ruined the experience for me or not tunic most difficult game i've played in quite a while Thank you, Banjo the Bear. And finally, before we move on from the segment, it's letter time. It's letter time. Bryce Jones wrote into us and said, "Hey Adam. I've seen a lot of posts about indie games on here, so I did the right thing and wrote another post about it. After I got my Switch back from being fixed, the first thing I did was crack open the eStore. As I sat staring at the screen deciding how to spend my hard-earned lunch money, I began to wonder, is it worth it to buy a AAA title for 80 bucks or for the same price a few random indie games? On one hand, you know a lot of care and production went into the big title and it's usually a safe buy. On the other hand, the same amount of care could have went into those indie games, but without proper reviews, it's it's hard to tell. Do I play one good game and know it's good? Or do I play three indies and hope for the best? At the same time, struggling studios producing these games need our support, unlike the big guys. But I feel like without proper reviews or press coverage, they don't get it. And these great indie games fall by the wayside. I would like to hear your opinion. Anyway, I gotta go. I have the Northern Lights centralized entirely within my kitchen right now. Bryce, you got letter of the letter time letter for that Northern Lights fucking plug. That was, that's a 9 out of 10 fucking sneak in simpsons reference bra like i'm bowing you can't see it well done um for anyone that doesn't know and i think most of you do i am a huge supporter of indie gaming i love i started probably with rogue legacy on my ps4 years ago and i have just fallen in love with indie games and some of my legitimate favorite games of all time slay the spire shovel knight into the breach Um, I mean the list goes on Nobody saves the world I just finished I love a good indie game And you're right You get so much bang for your buck With some of these At a just smoking discounted price And a lot of them are being developed By people like our I don't know how old All of you listening to this are But I'm 38 And I get a lot of messages From people that grew up in the 80s and 90s Playing NES, SNES, Genesis, 64, PlayStation Like I did Um, A ton of the people making these indie games Grew up playing those games And you can see the inspiration Clear as day in their indie titles And they're fucking excellent you're I the good reviews are out there what I would recommend anyone that's interested I'm always willing to talk indie games feel free to yell at me um do your homework do some research just look up lists of best indie games if you've got game pass there's a ton of great indie games on there Hollow Knight is a fucking another one it's one of my favorite games of all time um I get why some people think that indie gaming is doing a lot of harm because it's almost becoming shovelware and there's so much crap I don't disagree there's a ton of A ton of crap out there, but sprinkled in the crap are legitimately some of the best games released in the last ten years. So if you were to like, if I'm sitting there with my Nintendo Switch and my choice is Mario Odyssey or three indie games for two thirds of the price, I'm I'm honestly gonna go with the three indie games, assuming that they're three good indie games. So there's indie games covering every genre. I implore you do a little bit of homework. There are reviews out there. A ton of smaller YouTubers do a lot of reviews of indie games as well. And, um, that's something I would like to get more into. I just don't have fucking time to do it. Uh, do your homework, but I, yeah, uh, indie games like, plus you're chancing 20 bucks or 20 or 15 or 30 or whatever, as opposed to that $80 for that big AAA game and that big AAA game, unless you know, Nintendo doesn't, but most big AAA games are going to end up on sale anyway. And you can grab some indie games and support an independent studio. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to, I beat the indie drum hard. So I say, check them out for sure. Anyway, thank you for all the submissions and blowing in the cartridge this week, everybody. Let's keep the show moving, and let's get into our Smash hit segment, the official game show of Remember the Game Industries. Play one, remake one, erase one. a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it was released, remake one as a modern game, and the third is erased from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers. There is a right one, though. I'll tell you what it is in a minute. And we're talking Castlevania this week, so why not pull three more Vanias of the Castle variety into the hot seats? Our contestants this time around are Castlevania 3 for the NES, Super Castlevania 4 for the SNES, and Castlevania Bloodlines for the Sega Genesis. And it was a runaway this week. 40% of our patrons said you play Super Castlevania 4 you remake Castlevania 3 and you erase Castlevania Bloodlines which is not what I would do but this is a tough week because the only one of these I've really played is Super Castlevania 4 and I love that game and I hate erasing games that I haven't played but I'm not erasing Super Castlevania 4 so I have to fuck one of the games that I love over uh, but let me see what a few of you had to say here and then I'll tell you what the right answer was Tatum Barnett wrote in and said so this week I'm going to consume Castlevania 4 because it really was a great game for the next i'm gonna remake castlevania 3 for the nes because it was just an amazing game and but the but i'd remake the graphic fidelity what Uh, oh but i would remake it in the graphic fidelity of metroid dread and then just nuke castlevania bloodlines i never played it and i've always been a genesis hater so it has to go. That's not no fuck that man. Double secret probation, Tatum. You you keep your anti Genesis isms to yourself, Fardet. Okay, there's no the Genesis is fucking welcome here. If you're a Saturnian, if you're one of those Saga Saturnian freaks, well, yeah, you're just a, you're a monster. But no, the, there's no Sega Genesis hate up in my fucking kitchen. So double secret probation. you fucking not lawyer lawyer sounding motherfucker. Um. And anyone doesn't know, Tatum Barnett. That sounds like a lawyer's name. Zach Fazio wrote in and said, play Castlevania 3 because I never have. And the NES did them great back in the day. Remake Super Castlevania 4 because I can't erase 2 them the rules. And I would erase Castlevania bloodlines. The cover art honks and it's on Sega. So I'm not not putting you on probation for hating on the Genesis because the cover art honks just legitimately made me laugh. That's sweet. I've never heard. I don't know if I've ever heard the cover art honks. I like that. Uh, Nathaniel Silvestri wrote in his said hot take Super Castlevania 4 sucked donkey balls it broke away from the formula of 1 and 3 in a really weird way in that you can swing your bull, your whip multi-directionally and your jump is smoother but the game is no longer designed around your whip wind up and your crappy junk jump arc it quickly becomes another lazily designed platformer I'm going to play Bloodlines because I've heard good things I'm going to remake 3 because it'd be sick to give it the indie retro polish and I'm going to throw Super Castlevania 4 in the fucking garbage disposal where it belongs come at me you know what a few people wrote in dunking on super castlevania 4 i know some people hate because they're like oh it's too easy and it's for babies but it's like it's fun i like super castlevania 4 by that said i didn't play a lot of the nes ones so maybe i'll go back and play castlevania 3 someday and then be like you're right super castlevania 4 does suck but right now i like super castlevania 4 red hood todd wrote in and said love remember the game and all the extra content you kick out thank you I'll try to keep this short and simple. Hardly ever do, but I'll try. See, you already aren't, Todd. This is the problem. You're already not keeping it short and simple because you fucking, you spent the first sentence telling me you love the show. Thank you. You spent the second sentence telling me you'll keep it short and you hardly ever do it, but you'll try, like, just fucking, ooh. That's the comedian in me. As a comedian, you learn to cut the, you cut all the fat out of your jokes. Like when you come up, if I wanted to tell a joke about how I went to the barber last week and accidentally ate hair, I wouldn't be like, yeah, I was sitting around last week and my hair was getting long. And I thought to myself, maybe I should get it cut. So then I tied an onion to my belt, which was his style at the time. No. Anyway, Red Hood. See, we'd be done your comment by now if you didn't get me going on about onions on belts. Red Hood Todd wrote in and said, I would play Castlevania 4. It's a great game, although I didn't play a lot of it. So maybe it's out of a desire to go back and finish it. Castlevania 3 needs a remake, it just does. Sorry, bloodlines, but you're erased. Growing up, I had a Sega at my mom's and NES at my dad's, and my mother would not get me this game or even let me rent it because she didn't like the look of it she thought it may be too violent which made no sense as we own mortal combat so maybe it's just revenge for a childhood burn but bloodlines i won't miss something i never played sorry kind of man everyone is dunking on castlevania bloodlines and i thought this game was supposed to be good people have been telling me this is a good game and everyone's just fucking erasing it it's unreal phil m wrote in phil you're getting red just because you said you played bloodlines that's that that was enough to get you on the show Phil M wrote in and said, I play Bloodlines because I never played it before. That's how it's done. That's how you do it. Remake Castlevania 3 because I never played it before and erase Castlevania 4 because I never played it before. You fucking, fucking... I didn't even read the rest of your fucking comment, Phil. I just saw I'd play Bloodlines because I never played it before. And it turns out You made all three picks because you never played it before. You're never fucking playing again. Double secret probation. Get the fuck out of here. And Smitty wrote in and said, I've I've laid awake many nights asking myself this very question. And I'm glad you finally asked it. Play Super Castlevania. The game is probably one of the best Castlevania games ever made and changing anything about it would ruin it. Remake Castlevania 3. I loved this game as a kid and playing it on the Switch with updated graphics would be great. So I guess you have to get rid of bloodlines. There's nothing wrong with this game except that level that makes you think your Sega was glitching. But it's the weakest of the three, so it got to go. I didn't know that was a thing. I'll have to remember that so I don't think that my fucking Genesis Classic is broken when I finally get around to playing it. So thanks, thanks for all those uh, opinions. But none of you are right. A whopping 8% of you Went the same way I did this week, including Rainbow Rooster 4, who said, play Castlevania Bloodlines. It's the only one here I haven't played, so I'll give it a shot. Remake Super Castlevania. That is still my favorite game in the series, and the graphics still blow me away with the 3D illusions throughout, but I'd take a remake of it as well. Erase Castlevania 3. I don't hate this game at all, but it wasn't my favorite. I definitely prefer it over 2, but not over 1. I don't necessarily have the same reasoning. Rainbow Rooster 4, but I do have the same order. I myself will play Castlevania Bloodlines because I never have, and I hate erasing games that I haven't played, particularly Genesis games because I'm still learning what the Genesis is all about. So I'm not erasing a Genesis game that I haven't played. I'm going to remake Super Castlevania 4 and I'm just going to make it a Metroidvania like Aria of Sorrow and Symphony of the Night. Same graphics and everything, just make it a Metroidvania. I'm going to erase Castlevania 3 and I normally don't erase games that I haven't played. Um, Castlevania 3 looks fucking awesome. It really does. But I have Bloodstained Curse of the Moon and I love it. And everyone says it's basically a clone of Castlevania 3. So if I can live, if I have to live without Castlevania 3, I can because I can play Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. But I don't want to erase any of them either. Uh, thank you to everyone that wrote in and played this week. Let me tell you what I've been playing over the last seven days and then we'll get into talking Aria of Sorrow. Uh, I've been playing Donkey Kong Country 2 Diddy's Conquest to record my latest edition of Adam Sucks at Video Games, my Let's Play series. That should be live by the time you hear this, although it might be going live. A day or so after you hear this but if you just go to youtube.com slash remember the game you can find all of my let's plays over there including the newest the newest one donkey kong country 2 diddy's conquest uh, i also mentioned it already but i was playing tunic on the xbox i just finished it fucking oh that final boss haunts me in my dreams but it was a really fun game until then i'm still playing final fantasy tactics to get ready for remember the game number 200 you're not gonna know anything about it till i get there and now i'm playing pokemon gold and fable to get ready for the podcast as well. Uh, So I'm not playing anything else. Nothing else is getting added to my gameplay plate for a couple of weeks. Until I finish at least one of Final Fantasy Tactics, Pokemon Gold, or Fable, no new games are getting added because I got to get at least one of these fucking RPGs off my plate. I just, oh my God, I don't love them and I'm playing so fucking many of them right now. So I got to finish one. So anyway. There you go. Let's talk Ari of sorrow. That's why you kids are here. I like to give some of you a chance to share your opinions of a game before uh, I take over the mic and hog it and talk about it with myself. So uh, a couple of your comments here. Anthony Jordan wrote in and said, Dude. This was my first Castlevania game, and it totally holds a special place in my heart. So many hours playing this game, getting frustrated at parts, throwing my GBA at the couch, and having my older brother help me out. I would love another physical copy of this eventually. Aria of Sorrow, Metroid Fusion, and Pokémon Sapphire pretty much sums up fifth and sixth grade for me. That, Anthony, I, I'm sure I speak for a lot of our listeners when I'm like that makes me feel old as fucking dirt. Fifth and sixth grade, the GBA didn't even come out till I was at like graduated high school and a, a grown up fifth and sixth grade fuck me thanks anthony uh johnny ccd speaking of old people wrote in and said bro i had someone suggest this game to me last year i started playing it around the halloween season but i have to say man i wish i discovered it back in the day of its release it is massive completely open entirely satisfying i love all the weapons and character descriptions in this one truly a gem on the gba and in my opinion worth the admission price for the collection on the switch a must play for castlevania or metroidvania fans I don't disagree with a single word you just said, Johnny. I agree with all of that. Michael Matthews wrote in and said, Love to see some GBA representation on the show. Aria of Sorrow was my first Castlevania game post-Symphony of the Night, and I believe that they adapted the Metroid-style gameplay well for a game centered around whips and magic. Fucking, I think it's better than Symphony of the Night. I think that they cleaned up a lot of the shit I hated about Symphony of the Night made it better. Uh, And Chalupa Cabra. Wrote in and it said, played through this on my Switch recently, and for the most part, I really enjoyed it. I feel like they had a hard time balancing the game in terms of difficulty, though. The first hour or so of the game I found very frustrating and difficult due to the lack of abilities, health, and being so far away from save locations as you explore. Then within 30 seconds of gameplay, you get the double jump ability, the fast travel, and the item shop, and all of a sudden the game felt way too easy. That being said, I had a great time playing it and would recommend it to anyone who's a fan of the genre. I actually don't disagree with that. Yeah, the earliest parts of this game will fuck you up. It took me forever to find a save room. But yeah, once you start gaining some power, I was pretty well on cruise control until the final, final secret boss, which we're going to get into in a minute. That final, final boss fed me my ass for a while. But uh, no, great game. So thanks. uh, I I agree with what you're all saying. It's a great fucking game on a great console and everybody should play it. Now, normally on these sponsored episodes, I give the sponsoree a chance to come on. Or am I the sponsoree? They're the sponsor-er. They have a chance to come on the show and talk about the game that they sponsored and why they picked it and stuff like that. Uh, I talked to Tin Smasher about it and he respectfully bowed out, said he just wanted to re- kick back, relax and enjoy the episode and he was just excited to hear me talk about a game that he loves so much. Uh, so Tin Smasher, thank you again, my brother, for your generosity. Put your hammer down or whatever whatever item one smashes Tin with uh, and I hope you enjoy the podcast because Bradley McHugh and I are going to talk about Castlevania Aria of Sorrow. I am going to queue up some music. And when it stops, we're going to look back at this beauty of a Metroidvania, which originally released on that sweet-ass little GBA back on May 6, 2003. Almost 20 years ago. Holy fuck. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, we all need somebody. Your spouse, your friends, your family. Lean on me when you're not strong. I hope my singing... Didn't ruin your day. But the point is, we all need relationships. And unfortunately, they're not always easy. They take work. My substantially better half and I have put more work into our relationship than just about anything I've ever touched. And that's how she's been able to stand me for so long. It's give and take. And therapy can be a great way to help balance the taking with the giving. I've been beating this drum for a while and I will continue to beat. Talking to a therapist is one of the best decisions I've ever made. It's almost like a massage for your mind. My therapist has helped me be a better partner, friend, and person. And honestly, sometimes they've just been a great ear to bend when I need to vent about the stress in my life. And therapy can help anyone. You don't have to have been through some crazy trauma to reap the benefits of talking to somebody. If any of this is getting through and you're thinking about giving therapy a shot, consider better help. I've used them myself and they're legit when they say they make therapy as convenient and accommodating as possible. Fill out a short questionnaire and they'll match you with a licensed therapist that suits your needs and you schedule appointments around your schedule. And all of your sessions are done online or over the phone so you can squeeze in a mind massage when it works best for you. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com RememberTheGame today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com RememberTheGame. Okay, this this is a special episode to me, and I want to explain why. First of all, joining me via the blank phone, returning to the show, frequent guest on the show, uh, it's my buddy uh, Bradley McHugh. So I'll, I'll ask you before we get into anything, how are you, Bradley? How's life? <laughs>
1: I'm doing great, honestly. I'm doing great. I've got a lot of time to play video games lately, so that's pretty much what I've been doing. That's perfect. Uh,
0: As the rest of the world opens up and everyone goes back to normalcy, you're like, I have more time than ever to stay home and play video games.
1: That's I'm, I'm going
0: back into quarantine, <laughs> yeah, <Mike>. yeah. <laughs> You're like, no, we need to come up with a new pandemic so we can all stay home and play video games again. I, um, we don't need that, by the way. I'm joking. For the love of God, please don't make us all lock in the house. Please. Again. Um so the, the reason I'm excited about this episode is because you were my guest for Castlevania uh, Symphony of the Night, which I should have had right. in front of me. What episode that was, but it wasn't too too long. It was ago. like one
1: seventy something. I I don't remember.
0: All right, so it's yeah, it was like you know four, five, six months ago, whatever. And yeah. and everybody was on me. They were like, you gotta play Castlevania Symphony tonight. the Night. This is what, you love Metroidvanias. This is the Metroidvania. And as, you, if you haven't, if you don't know, I implore you, I just looked it up. It's episode, I think, 182. Go back and listen. Uh, I did not care for Castlevania Symphony of the Night. I thought it was okay. But the fact that half that game is hidden, I'm not gonna rehash this. You all know exactly. If you don't know what I thought, go listen to it, and then you can yell at me like three quarters of the fucking internet did after that episode yeah, went he- live. You guys and- you guys are totally
1: okay to yell at Adam for his super wrong opinion about Symphony of the Night. Well I me, mean, bring it
0: on. I won't change my <laughs> mind. I stand by. It. And you know what? There were some people that came out of the woodwork and they were just like, "Hey, I'm not going to say anything publicly because I don't want to take the shit that you did, but I just want you to know I don't like that game either. And that made me feel so much better. I took one for the team and I stood up and I'm going to bring change to this planet someday. And we're going to explain why Symphony Night is not the greatest video game of all time. Having said all that, And I wanted to get that out there. Bradley and I sternly butted heads on our Symphony of the Night uh, opinions. But then Aria of Sorrow came along. And once again, as I will have already said in the intro, massive shout out to my boy Tin Smasher, one of our patrons, for sponsoring this episode and making me play this game. Because Aria of Sorrow, which you yourself told me I should play as well, Bradley. Sure did. Aria of sorrow is everything I wanted Symphony of the Night to be. I don't understand why everyone is over there sucking the Symphony of the Night dick when Aria is right there looking so hot in the moonlight and everything. Guys, don't play Symphony of the Night. Play Aria of Sorrow. This game is fucking spectacular. I have practically nothing (laughs) wrong to say about this game. It's so good. Go ahead, I'm done.
1: I've got terrible news, buddy. I think... I think we're going to butt heads again. Well,
0: that's fine. You're bound to be wrong (laughs) once in a while. Dude, this game kicks so much ass, and we're going to get into why. I promise, everybody. But let me just say, I just quickly want to just... I just... I get a lot of shit for not covering enough PS2 games, which I'm slowly rendering and slowly playing more. And I take a lot of shit for not covering as many GBA games as I should. And I never really played GBA back in the day. Same thing. I am slowly catching up and playing more of them. Before we get into Aria of Sorrow and whether or not we agree on this game or not, can we all just collectively agree that the Game Boy Advance was a fucking beast? like yeah oh oh yeah absolutely this
1: is something i was really excited to talk about because i've been thinking about it a lot lately um and i think the gba might be my third favorite game console ever next to the switch and the super nintendo it's so underrated the the games on the game boy advance like there's an amazing zelda game there's a few great castlevania games there's Wario Land Four, there's uh, Metroid Fusion uh, the,
0: kicks ass. Metroid Fusion
1: and, and Zero Mission, which is also tight. Um, I, I feel like I'm missing some Mario Party Advance is pretty fun. Mario, surprisingly,
0: Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, Mario Golf, yeah, yeah, w-
1: w- yeah, Mario Golf on the Game Boy Advance is excellent. Like, why, why do we not talk about how great this library? Oh, Golden Sun One and Two.
0: I hear like, I've, I haven't played those, but I people are always on me to play those games. Golden Sun rules.
1: It's like, it's it's very much like they modified the Final Fantasy uh, genre to the Game Boy Advance pretty much flawlessly. It's awesome. Oh killer.
0: Yeah, I just, I just quickly wanted to say, like, for all of you that have been on me to play more DBA, like, I'm going to. I promise. I didn't play it back in the day, but, like, every time I sit down and play this fucking thing, like, these days, I'm like, holy fuck. This thing is like a Super Nintendo on steroids in your pocket. Like what an yeah, incredible almost, little console it was. Oh, it's fuck. it's
1: almost like there's an amazing Zelda game that you've never played that one of your frequent guests has been constantly reminding you of
0: Four Swords Adventure?
1: No, Minish Cat. I know,
0: I know, I know. <laughs> you I, and, I, <laughs> and I will, I promise. At some point I'm going to play that. And then you and your brother can fight over who gets to be on. No, I think I think we already agreed you were going to be on that one.
1: Yeah, yeah um, that, that one's got to be me. But anyway, let, but, let's talk about Area of Sorrow. Yeah, we'll get
0: into Sorrow. I just wanted to say, like, holy fuck, man. Props to the GBA. What a beast of a console.
1: Now, it's, it's very good.
0: Now, like, so one thing I learned is that, so just for the record, I played this game on the Castlevania Advance Collection on my Switch. So, yeah me too okay so i don't know i assume it's a probably a pretty uh knowing accurate konami
1: port. like knowing konami it's probably a one-to-one like they don't really put work into games anymore <laughs> no, no they so. don't
0: but you know what though <laughs> i will say shout out to konami because like the castlevania collection the the contra collection and the castlevania advance collection are all excellent uh Absolutely. classic game compilations but one thing i wanted to say as we get into this game is like growing up, I didn't play a lot of Castlevania. I only ever played the original one a little bit. Um, And then I, have beaten super Castlevania four. I've beaten symphony of the night kind of. And uh, now I've beaten this one. Those are the only Castlevania games I've played. And like, I really like this game. I have a lot of good things to say about it, but just, I just want to get it out there and I'm not dunking on Castlevania. I don't think I'm a big Castlevania fan. Like, I don't think they're bad. I'm not dunking on them. I don't want to take any shit for not liking them. I just, like, I don't care about Dracula. Like, I don't care about that fucking idiot. And I just, like, they're fine (laughs) games. But, like, and I like playing as Simon in Smash Brothers too. I just, like, I think I'm slowly learning that, like, I'm I'm not a big... Like, they're okay. I just... I like them better, I think. Like, this... I think this is now my favorite. Of the ones that I've played, this is my new favorite, Castlevania. This one is
1: my... uh, Like, as somebody who's played a lot of Castlevania, this one's my second favorite next to... Oh boy, you're not Sym- gonna like this.
0: Symphony of the Night.
1: Symphony of the Night yeah. is my is my favorite, and I really do want to talk about like why I believe, um, uh, why I believe that Symphony of the Night is better than Area of Sorrow. Like okay. that's really that's really what I want what I want to bring down here. That being said, like I also don't want to disparage Area of Sorrow. I don't want anyone to walk away from this podcast thinking i don't love area of sorrow i do no quite dearly actually it's a it's a very good game
0: let me say too like um again my my castlevania knowledge is very very limited but like i have played some of castlevania 1 i played some of castlevania 3 a little bit i really want to play that one i think it looks awesome i did love super castlevania 4 but like even symphony of the night which i had beef with uh when this, and I think Symphony of the probably when it happened, when this franchise really transitioned from, like, an, a side-scrolling action game to, like, a Metroidvania, hence the Vania part of Metroidvania, uh, like, the franchise gets better that way. Like, there's so much, like, I, I like them so much better exploring this giant castle and getting new abilities and going back, as opposed to, like, level one, level two, level three, like, that kind of I, stuff. I agree. They're, like, there's so many level one, level two, level three games out there, like, Get away from that form. It is more fun as a whole exploring a giant castle and looking for stuff. Um in my opinion. Absolutely. To- totally.
1: I think this fits I think this fits the motif of the series really well.
0: Yeah. So now I'll ask you cuz like one thing about this game as we actually now that we're 10 minutes in and we actually start talking about fucking Area of Sorrow. Um I I have no fucking idea what's going on. I know okay, you're in like so a castle I'm, in the sky or something. I have no idea. So
1: I'm so glad you brought this up because when we talked Symphony of the Night, you said, so I don't know Castlevania that well. So what's the story like? And I said, it's fine in Symphony of the Night. Uh, this is when the story gets um, really
0: dumb. Yeah. What the fuck say. is like, can you tell me what's going on? Cause I'm lost.
1: Okay. Not really, but sort of, Kay. there's like, <sighs> This is just going to sound so stupid, and the reason it's going to sound stupid is because it is. Um, Basically, what's going on is that to conceal in 1999, um, in 1999, they sealed Dracula's castle behind a solar eclipse. I don't really know how that works, but okay. I'll buy. I'll bite. Sure. So they sealed Dracula's castle behind an eclipse. But, like, why would you seal Dracula's... Castle behind an eclipse. Those happen like pretty frequently, so like every time an eclipse happens, it it, it comes back. Wait, so, wait, like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. So
0: if his castle's behind an eclipse, and where the fuck does it go for all the time when there isn't an eclipse? You, I don't know. I, I have no idea, dude. I don't know how it works. What the but fuck? Okay.
1: The all right, big, the big problem with this story is the characters. First of all, Soma Cruz kind of sucks and here's why um soma cruz is kind of nothing whereas like alucard was kind of like a stoic badass he actually had stakes in dracula soma accidentally stumbled upon dracula's castle and now he's just there now wait just I let guess. me
0: confirm so like so i know that soma is the guy you play as in this game is alucard yes. that's the guy from symphony of the night correct yeah okay, got it okay
1: Um, but so the problem that I have so much with, uh, Soma as a character is that not only is he kind of nothing, he's also sort of an idiot and like, he talks so fucking much and has nothing to say. Like every time he opens his, I don't know if you noticed this, but I was like, this is bizarre. Every time he opens his question or his, or opens his mouth, it's a question He's an idiot. He doesn't know what's. He's always like, what's going
0: on? Where am I? Who is this? (laughs) I felt like that about every character in this fucking game, though. Like, and I'm not shitting on this game. I like this game. And I don't... Listen, I want to just get this out of the way. Like, my favorite... Games are Mario, and we all know the story to Mario is like a one out of ten. So like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dunk on a game for a bad story if the action and stuff is fun, which this game it is. So the story doesn't really matter to me. But I will say that like every time there was dialogue in this game, I was like, this is stupid because it was like yeah, Yeah. like (laughs) (laughs) someone would run into like just some guy that looks like Colonel Sanders, and then he would run into like some woman, and then he'd run into this fucking other like. Dracula is- fighting guy. And then here's this fucking angry merchant who looks like the Jewish military guy from Seinfeld. Like the guy that... like For anyone that watches Seinfeld, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> like that's who, the, that's who the sales guy looked like. But they're all just having like... He would have like these casual conversations where yeah, he was like, I don't know where I am. But then he'd also be like, okay, see you later. I got to go now. Goodbye. And I was just like, is anyone got any urgency to what's happening here you're in a fucking castle in some weird dimension where apparently the biggest baddest vampire of all time is living here and you're all just like hey man good to see you like what the shit so like it didn't bother me but i just i was just like why like i would have preferred no dial like just the original castlevania all i know is i'm going through to kill a vampire like it could have just been that and i would have been fine with it I don't Absolutely. understand that part, so... okay, Absolutely,
1: which which brings us to Graham Jones, who's the main antagonist of this game, and, like, who gives a shit? Uh. Like, they they built him up as, like, a protagonist, like, sort of, like, one of the fucking 50 people that come and help you in this game. And, um, they build him up as, like, sort of, like, kind of, uh, like, a nice guy who's, like, helping you out, but then as soon as he starts to see you as a threat, he's, like, tricked you revealed i am actually the bad guy and it's and when they reveal that graham jones is the bad guy you're like oh okay okay yeah okay wait who who is this guy what's yeah whatever he's the bad guy now okay sure you know and uh and there's actually like a moment in the story that i really want to talk about because every time i play this game i'm like that's fucking weird that that happened there's a part where you walk into this hallway and oh Graham hey sorry Jones- just quick
0: sorry just quickly as a yeah. heads up everybody like we're probably gonna get into some spoilers Oh, yeah, so, there's going to be... For what it's worth, the spoilers aren't going to matter because you're probably not going to understand what's happening anyway. But we are yeah, going to spoil no, It some doesn't shit. matter. Yeah. Just wanted to get that out there. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah,
1: so there's, like, a scene where you walk into this quarter and there's, like, these two different girls. And I don't know if I could tell you what the difference between the two girls are. I think one's, like, Myrna or Mina or something. And then the other one is named Yoko. And uh, there's, like, the scene where you walk in and Graham Jones and yoko are just standing in this hallway for some reason and then graham jones fucking stabs her do you remember this
0: i don't think i do and i just so played Gra- it like a week ago but i don't <laughs> i don't remember this so graham jones stabs yoko
1: and then she's just and then he's like ha ha, ha and then he leaves and uh she's just like fine She's just like, like he didn't get her in a good place to like kill her, so they're like, yeah, she's gonna be fine. You go on, and it's like, then what's the point? Yeah. What well, What was the point of this whole interaction?
0: Like, yeah, I agree with you. Like, that was like, I, I gotta, like, I mean, I'm sure I'll think of. Oh no, I definitely have a couple other small things, but like, my biggest gripe with this game was just that, like, I don't really get what's going on. Having said that, like, it's not that big of gripe because I don't particularly care. I just yeah, want to have fun and either. play the game. But like I don't entirely understand what the fuck is going on. It's
1: like on. it's like if someone was like, "Oh man, I don't like Super Metroid because of the story." And it's like, "Then you missed the point."
0: Yeah, like it really feels like the story is like a an afterthought and yeah, it doesn't really matter. I will say that like there there's like a fair amount of dialogue in this game, but like to its credit, it's super fast. Like it's it's I didn't feel like it was never one of those moments where I was just like, for fuck's sakes, let's go. Like, I just want to play the game.
1: Like I did always want the dialogue to be over. Me too. You know, like, But it was like, usually
0: but, fairly quick.
1: Yeah, it was usually like 30 seconds. And it was like, okay, I learned something there, I'm sure. But let's move on.
0: Yeah. And I will just say, again, because we're talking spoilers. The one thing about this game and this story that I actually thought was kind of neat. And I might be... <laughs> I just feel so stupid. Like, we literally just recorded the Final Fantasy VII episode that'll have already gone live by the time you guys hear this one. And I felt stupid talking about that one, too, because I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck's going on with Zach, And now we're getting into this. (laughs) Like, the only thing about it that I think is kind of neat is, like, Soma becomes Dracula. Like, that's why he's there, because he ends up being Dracula or something. And he, like, has the power to, like, suck up souls from all these other monsters and stuff, which I think is a great mechanic. Something like that. There's, like...
1: they're like halfway through the game. They're like this character, Jay, who's been helping. This is a big spoiler. So this character, Jay, who's been helping you is actually Julius Belmont. And you're like, Oh, that's cool. I got a Belmont on my side. And then after you beat Graham Jones, Julius is just like, we're fighting now. And it's like, what the fuck? Why?
0: Yeah. But that's because, but like, correct me if I'm wrong, but he wants to fight you because he's like, you're going to become Dracula. Right. Yeah, I I guess I guess that actually kind of makes sense. Like he's like, I'm sorry, Uh, but like like maybe I'm. It doesn't. Okay, like I don't want to spend any more time talking about this. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I think that Castlevania games. I think it would have been cooler if it was always the original Dracula and it was just different generations, like Legend of Zelda. Like it's it's the same Ganon with different people coming with the Master Sword, right, or whatever or whatever the yeah. fucking, the, the lore is there. I think that would have been cool. If it's just the same Dracula all the time and it's just different generations of Belmonts or whatever coming to stop them. But like find out that Soma is like a Belmont cousin or something like it. Anyway, it doesn't, it does it's fine. Yeah. It's just there for the reason, like for the sake of giving you a reason to be in this fucking castle. Um, now this
1: game, this game, much like symphony and night does have multiple endings. Yes. But, um, I, oh, but fuck. it doesn't matter in this one.
0: No, I will like, Okay. I I just I'm not going to beat the dead horse of my dislike of Symphony of the Night, but for if you've not listened to that episode or you don't know Symphony of the Night, the second half of the game is kind of hidden and if you don't know it's there, you can I missed it until after mm-hmm. I looked it up. And that's what I will say about this game is that there are four endings, but like the first ending is super easy to find. The alternate playthrough is Julius, it tells you about when you're done. And then the third and fourth endings I did look up, but they're not an entire second castle or level. And I'm not I'm really not trying to dunk on Symphony of the Night right now. I'm just saying that like the extra content in this one is basically just two additional boss fights. Like yeah, there's like, not it's not they didn't put 40% of the game hidden type. Yeah, fight. which is which is good.
1: Cause I did I got the Graham Jones ending um where, where the last boss is Graham Jones, and then I got the ending where the last boss is chaos Mm -hmm. and like they're not that different like dude fucking the the, the outcome's the same
0: yeah the chaos (laughs) chaos okay so like we've been trying to come up with a word for and every gamer has experienced this fucking phenomenon where you are stuck on a level or a boss or something for hours and then the next day you come back and you beat it like first try like we've all done that. We've all been there. And that was me with chaos with that second hidden boss. That thing fed me my lunch for like two days because I was there, but I didn't have enough potions left and you can't hike back and buy more. And I was like, I think I'm fucked because you need to fight chaos after you fight Graham. But then I yeah. finally, like I came back after a couple of days and beat it like first try and And it was just like, man, we got to come up with an official term for that. Cause I was like, what in the fuck was this? But, um, (laughs) I do agree. And I will personally speaking, that's like, I was ranting about this while I was streaming the game and maybe some are going to disagree with me, but like on the whole there's exceptions but on the whole i hate when i beat a game and then they're like there's a second game because like i like beating games and i'm like all right maybe it's just because <laughs> i have so many games to play and i'm like i gotta be efficient with my time and move on but like in this one it was like well you have to go through this i will say the castle you have to hike through to get to those last two bosses fucking sucks but then you get to those two bosses and it's like two more boss fights and then the game is over and that is it and okay, i really I wanna, liked that i want to ask you a question because i think this like a,
1: this applies to like a lot of games specifically in the Castlevania series, but like, what do you, what do you consider beating a game? Is it just like you conclude the story regardless of what that looks like? Cause like if you beat Graham Jones in this game and then it's just over, like, I think that's a perfectly fine way, fine place to be like, cool. I beat it.
0: I admittedly, like it, it pisses me off when you have to ask that question. Like, it's like, there should be a game should be like, I beat the boss. It said the end. That's the end. That should be the end. Like, and then if you want to throw like an extra world in or something like that's optional. Okay. Like I can live with that, but like, just don't make me wonder if that was the end. Just tell me that was the end. It fucking drives me insane. Um, you know, or else when games overstay their welcome and go too far, and I'm not gonna ruin anything about it, but like motherfucking Resident Evil Seven, and I'm so we're talking Sorry, I promise. But like Resident Evil Seven should have ended two hours before it fucking does, and it was the perfect ending. And I don't know if it's just game developers trying to pad the length of their game, or they feel the need to, I don't know what, maybe set up the next game or fucking something. Just End the game where it should end, where it makes sense, and just be done. Give me fucking seven hours that is like a fucking tight, nicely wound, smooth-edged video game over a game that's like 14 hours, but it's kind of sloppy, and there's three exits and three endings, and you might find them, and you might not. It fucking drives me (laughs) insane. Well, I, I agree.
1: Can't. Anyways. I agree. I wish, I wish that it was just like clear, like if you beat the game, but yeah. like also I, I just like, I just don't have time to Google every game I play to see if there's another Agreed. boss. And
0: that's, and that's, you know? and that's like, I, I agree with you hundred percent. And that's one thing is like, I didn't hate the two extra fights in this game, but, and maybe it's just cause I don't know the story to know the story behind the two extra fights, but I didn't feel they were necessary. Like no, I thought I, I could have totally agree, right? Like you could have, you could have beat the game and and that could have been it. And then it becomes, you know, Soma is Dracula or fucking whatever. And that's the end. And then if you want to put the, the second mode in where you can play as Julius, but it clearly tells you enter Julius and play a second game that I don't have as much of a problem with. It's like, it's no. almost like new game plus, like I'm fine with that, but like alternate endings where you've got to go and do certain things. And that's not a Castlevania centric thing. That's just gaming as a whole. I'm not a big fan. I want just one ending, just be done.
1: I And like, I think that there's like a distinction like with Symphony of the Night where like, if you beat Richter and get that ending, that's not, I, I don't find that a satisfying ending. And that's why I like the Dracula ending so much more in that particular game. Because Richter was a good guy who was under Dracula's, curse and then you kill him in symphony of the night and then the game ends but But that's not really satisfactory because you've just killed somebody who's innocent
0: right like it like nine tenths of my beefs with symphony of the night would have been Alleviated if they had just done like they did with the Julius mode in this, and instead of hiding that castle, if you had beat it, and then they would have said, Hey, enter this code to play the second, like that's all I needed. And so that's why I'm not gonna rant about that being in this game because they did just put it there. And I know they hid those two extra boss fights, and I did have to look up how to find those two extra boss fights, but it also was like, It's just two extra boss fights, like that's nothing. I only did it because I I had to look it up also. Um, so now getting to like the core game itself, I think what I want to say, like. This, in my opinion, like I'm a big Metroidvania fan as a whole. I like these Mm -hmm. types of games. I thought this was a very well designed Metroidvania dungeon. I didn't find it overwhelming. It wasn't too big. It wasn't too small. It's it's just right. It was really well done. I agree. However, like I do, there are things
1: we're gonna be comparing this to Symphony a lot, and I'm sorry, I just like I it's impossible not to. Yeah, there are things that this game does much better than Symphony of the Night, and there's things that it does worse and while i agree that yes i like the the castle in this game i don't i don't think it's better than symphony of the knights and here's why um this is gonna sound like not a complaint but it's because it's a metroidvania it is a complaint uh i didn't get lost enough the game does a pretty good job at kind of nudging you in the right direction and because of that I didn't get lost, and I kind of want to
0: when I play a Metroidvania. You know what I mean? I I do, and I you're right. I guess I kind of chalked it up to it being a Game Boy Advance game, and like yeah, it, I just it's, always assume it's, assumed, smaller, it's yeah, compact. Yeah, like I always just like maybe that's fair or unfair, but going into a handheld game, I just assume it's gonna be like a a, a fun size version of like a console game. I agree with you. Like, I didn't really get lost that much either, but I didn't find it frustrating. I just found it fun to explore this castle. Like, I I don't know. Maybe that was just... I, I get what you're saying, but I kind of liked not getting lost. I was like, this is nice and chill. Like, it felt like a nice chill. It almost felt like a chill Metroidvania it was
1: a very relaxing game to play i will say that um because like i played it like years and years ago and then uh, replayed it for this podcast and i was like oh yeah i remember all this but i don't i remember getting stuck a lot and i am not the only thing the only thing that i don't love about this game is that hey more save points for sure yeah like This like there were points where I would die and be like, Oh man, I got to go back 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. Are
0: you kidding me? Like, dude, I agree with that. I had a couple. So I finally, I didn't save states like scum this game, but I did start using the save states in the collection once in a while just in case, because I was like, my time is valuable, and I'm not redoing 40 (laughs) minutes while I try to find a save room, and I agree with you, there are not a lot of fucking save rooms in this game.
1: You're like, I gotta release 52 podcasts this year, so there's no fucking way I'm wasting my time.
0: On the point of the smaller map though, just thinking about it, Metroid Fusion, which is a GBA game, is also very linear and kind of small for a Metroid game, so like, I guess, I also also like this
1: game better than Metroid Fusion, if I'm being honest.
0: I, gotta, I think I don't know. I'm torn on that one. I, they're both great. I, I, they're they're same tier to me. I, I
1: I agree. They're like pretty close, but I think this one's a bit better.
0: What I like about this game and what kind of, I I think it's maybe it's not its biggest problem. I think it's kind of frustrating, but I also think it kind of makes up for that because I do agree with you. The map is a little small, um, and it's not quite as there's not quite as much exploration as some Metroidvania's. But like I really like the customization where you can mix and match your souls as you pick them up off enemies. And I feel like that... The
1: soul system is brilliant. It's it's, the best part of the game.
0: Yeah, it is. And it kind of neutralizes the smaller map to an extent because you're like, it is a smaller map, but I can take it on like 3,000 ways because I can equip different souls. The only beef I had with this... So if you've never played this, when you kill enemies, you have a random chance to inherit their soul. And, um... I guess it's their their spirit, their soul, Fuck it. I think it's soul. I think it is their soul. Yeah, it's,
1: it's it's soul, yeah.
0: And like there's three different categories there's red, blue, and yellow. And like some of them are, are abilities, some of them are passive things, some of them are like a you know, different attacks and stuff like that. And it is some of really...
1: them the, the one of them's you can turn into a bat. Yeah. Like in Symphony.
0: Yeah. And it's really rad that you can mix and match those things and have some fun with it. There was just the odd time where I found it to be a, a hassle to constantly go in and swap between a couple of them. Well, oh, I, was I agree. Like the, the, the water. water one specifically.
1: Yeah. Oh. yeah.
0: But you know what? I was like almost done the game on a stream when Brandon, the dude that sponsored this episode was like, yo, you can equip the soul that lets you sink to the bottom of the water and still swim to the top of the water. And I didn't know that forever. And I was like, ah, for fuck's sakes. Cause every time I had to get out of the water, I would go into my souls and equip the one that lets me walk on water and then get up to the top. And he was like, you don't have to do that. And I was like, God, I just look so fuck. I suck at video games.
1: But I was, uh, yeah, I was playing this, I was playing this game and, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine about it and he was like, you know that you can, like, summon familiars on boss fights, right? And I was like, well, I guess in theory I knew. I just didn't do it. You know, like, um, you know, like how you can summon, like, the giant enemies that will, like, just destroy everything on the screen, but it takes up half your MP?
0: I don't think I ever did that. Maybe I didn't yeah, know the, you could do that. <laughs>
1: did you? Okay, I, here's here's what I want to ask. Uh, did you find the the Forbidden Zone? I don't know. Okay, so there's an area called the Forbidden Zone, and it's hidden behind a waterfall. And this part, this is about three quarters through the game. And the issue with the Forbidden Zone is that the Forbidden Zone houses uh, the best weapons and equipment in the game. Um, So, like, once, once you find the Forbidden Zone it's it's a cakewalk from there
0: okay so that's interesting because i don't i don't think i like i did about 93 94 of the map and i couldn't figure out what i was missing maybe that's what i was missing
1: it it must be the forbidden zone yeah because i had i had 98
0: okay Um, now having said that though like i bought a sword off of the what was his name hunter hammer hammer (laughs) hammer what a stupid i bought it i bought a sword off hammer um about two-thirds of the way through the game and i never the entire game found a sword more powerful than this one i bought off him it was so and it was all like dude i was one hitting so many enemies outside of bosses that like i did find that too like i did not find this outside of chaos which was more just my crappy gameplay um i didn't i really like some of the boss fights in this game i thought the fight against death in particular was awesome but really like, good. Yeah. I it, I didn't find it to be that hard. And like, I look, I, my overarching opinion of Castlevania games is that they're difficult. But I think that's because I remember Castlevania 1. I didn't find this game to be that difficult. And I, maybe it's because I had this sword. I don't fucking know, but. No, um,
1: this game's, this game is easy. Okay. Uh, like, I, I don't think I died on any of the bosses at, at all, actually. Even like, even like Graham Jones, like the first time I beat the game and I fought Graham Jones, I didn't even realize I was fighting the final boss. Right. Like Like, um,
0: it's also one of those games that'll let you um, other than the very end of the game, when you can't get back to the, to the store. Um, I found that like, once I unlocked the ability to go to hammer and buy stuff, I always had enough money because like that's, and that's the thing about a Metroidvania and the exact same thing was in symphony of the night. And I don't mean it's a slag on either game, but like you do get lost sometimes. And as you get lost, you're basically just killing enemies and, and destroying candles and picking up money left and fucking Right. And I would so say you, this game you always uh, you almost unintentionally grind. Yeah, this game is like I would say challenging
1: for the first 30 minutes and then from that point on you're unstoppable.
0: Yeah, like because the thing is is anytime you do start to run into any kind of resistance, you can basically travel back to hammer buy nine more potions. And then oh, you're stacked oh, up.
1: Oh, you know what this game has over Symphony of the Night and it's such a huge improvement that you can use your fucking yeah. potions from the inventory menu.
0: The, the inventory, in my opinion, the inventory system as a whole in this game, like... Way better. Wants Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Because Symphony of the Night, like... You, I, and I, I may be wrong, but like, you have to equip something in your right arm, something in your left arm. You get two accessories. You get head. You get the, this game. It's just like, equip your armor, equip an accessory, equip one weapon, and anytime you want to use an item, you just go into your menu and use the fucking item. It was just like, thank you. Wait. Thank yeah. you for making this fucking easy. Like, oh, I also oh. look, we've all been there. You're on your computer. You're plugging away at a project or a video or a podcast, and then somehow you lose your work. The computer crashes. You drop your phone on the delete key. Your hard drive isn't terraformed or whatever it is. lightning strikes the transmitter. Doesn't matter. Bottom line, your work is gone and it's devastating which is why you need backup, literally, in the form of CrashPlan. They're offering a free trial of their computer backup services and some special deals, all for the hot dogs at CrashPlan.com slash RTG. CrashPlan is the ultimate computer backup service, whether you're just a solo internet renegade like myself or you run a business with a bunch of people all click-clacking away. CrashPlan hangs out in the background while you work, and every 15 minutes they encrypt and backup all the files on your computer that have changed in that time. So if you're Computer decides to jerk you around, and they do, and you lose your work. A backup is waiting for you, and it's not a backup from yesterday, it's a backup from the last 15 minutes. Come on, now that's that's pretty sweet. And not only are they saving the most recent versions of your work, they can back up unlimited versions of your work, so it's like a rewind button. Realize you screwed something up an hour ago, just rewind an hour, go find an old version of it, and you're just like that, you're done, you're back to the races. It's awesome. Time is money. Don't waste your day redoing your work in a rage-filled stupor if something goes wrong. Check out CrashPlan, invest in a safety net, and save yourself a ton of time and stress when your computer decides not to play nice. Seems like a no-brainer to me. Go to CrashPlan.com RTG to sign up for a free trial and take advantage of one of their limited-time buy-one-get-one offers for Remember the Game listeners. That's CrashPlan.com RTG. Back up better with CrashPlan. I also
1: really like that you save your secondary enemy or your secondary uh, items um, that you can switch back and forth because, like, nothing is more annoying than, like, in Symphony of Night when you have the axe and then you accidentally pick up the book and then the axe disappears and you're like, fuck, now I have the book.
0: Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But, like, but that comes back to the soul system, which I do really want to go back to. Like, absolutely. Everyone that listens to my podcast knows, like, I am a Mega Man fanatic i adore the mega man games and one of my favorite things about the mega man games is that when you kill a robot you master you get their weapon and this game kind of does that the only problem i have with it is that it's so random on when you get a soul from an enemy that like to grind like brandon was telling me that when he was playing it he grinded to get every soul in the game and it took him fucking forever, which I was like, I don't have the patience to fucking do I, that.
1: I don't get, I don't get time for that. But, it sounds cool, but I don't got time for it.
0: Yeah, but what's really, really cool in this game is that you can take a soul from every enemy in the game. There's an mm-hmm. ability you can get from every, and and it doesn't even matter that two thirds of them are kind of useless because they're just lesser versions of better abilities that you found.
1: The idea I, I, that
0: I, you can just go around this game and and there's never like and this isn't just Symphony of the Night this is fucking I love Metroid this is Metroid games this is basically every Metroidvania unless they include experience points you hit a point where like you're backtracking a ton because you're lost and there's no reason to fight the boring basic enemies that you can kill without like by sneezing on them because you don't get anything out of it but in this game you can always go farming for more souls because not only may you equip a new ability but you can equip a second soul from the same enemy which levels up that ability so at yeah, that's least, genius, dude actually. it's so genius because you're never... You never don't have a reason to fight the bad guys you come across. Even if they're super easy to kill and boring and basic, you might get another soul out of one of them. It and does
1: it does make you, like, pretty fucking powerful.
0: Oh, absolutely it does. But, like, I, I feel like that with most Metroid games, Metroidvanias. By the end of the game, I usually feel pretty OP because I've been out, like, walking around and trying to figure out where the fuck to go. And I like to try to find everything. Um, but like, it's different. It's one thing when it's in symphony of the night, you level up or in Metroid, maybe you find a couple more rockets or something in this game to like, like here comes a boring fucking zombie that I've killed 3 million of, but the 3 million and first one I killed gave me a new ability. Every time I got a new ability, I was like, well, at least I want to go see what it does, whether I'll ever use it or not. doesn't matter. I want to see what it does. And I just thought that was such a genius fucking decision to make every enemy in the game drop something that you can use. Um, I wish they dropped them a little bit more frequently so that the grind to find them wasn't quite as like, maybe they had put something in where like guaranteed by like the 50th time you kill this enemy, you'll get a soul from it or something. Um, or maybe give you a soul that makes it easier to obtain souls. You know what I mean? Like, like something yeah. like that. But I, I still thought it was a genius fucking mechanic. I loved it.
1: I found like pretty I would say like halfway through the game, I found an accessory called the Ancient Belt, which is like a rare drop from a very specific enemy. I looked it up because I was like, how do I have this? And it raised literally all my stats by like five. And well, I was okay. like, this so I was like, this is insane. This is insane how like uh, like how much I am loving this game, but also how easy it is. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But to like, and that is like, I think my biggest complaint and why I don't like it as much as symphony at night, whereas symphony at night was pretty easy. This is like, this is for babies, you know, like it's, it's a very good game and I really like it, but it is for babies.
0: Yeah. Um, Like I think the only times I really struggled were that final fight against chaos, which again was on me. And then death worked me a couple of times until yeah, I figured death, out his... death
1: was p- probably the hardest boss I fought.
0: Me too. But once you figure out his pattern, and I will say, personally, maybe this is the old school gamer in me, but I love it when enemies have a pattern and you die a couple of times but you just figure out like okay I get it I get the pattern now and quickly Absolutely. before all of you were like well then you should play Elden Ring because it's the same thing I like it in 2D games 3D games fucking make me insane I'm never playing Elden Ring I'm sorry but like 2D <laughs> I love that kind of shit and like death was the perfect example like the first couple of times I fought death he kicked my ass and then I I swapped out some souls and equipped different abilities and I equipped a different weapon oh cause that's another th- and then I figured out his pattern I beat him another thing I love about this game and I know it's not the first one to do it but like your weapons handle differently like yeah, at one, I, yeah like at one point i had a hammer and i was using the hammer for quite a while but it, it did tons of damage but fuck me it swung slow yeah um, and then you'd get like a javelin that would swing straight ahead really quick but it had no arc whatsoever and then but I, it had a
1: reach it had like a lot of reach
0: yeah yeah and like i loved that fucking system where like some some weapons swing faster. Some do more, cover more areas. Some are, are more powerful, <laughs> but swing slower. I would love that system in an action game.
1: I might I might be remembering this incorrectly, but I'm pretty sure for a long time I had a whip that had a knife
0: like attached to the front of it. <laughs> I know that sounds. I had a whip for quite a while that I really liked because it did yeah, so whip, much reach. The whip was awesome. Yeah, it did so much reach. But then when I got a hold of this sword from Hammer, uh, then I didn't need yeah. it anymore um i will say too like i i guess they're only there because it's kind of like a cliche in video games that there has to be a merchant to sell stuff but like i he just seemed like i thought it seemed a little odd to have a merchant in symphony of the night but i thought it was really weird to have one in this game especially i only bought from him twice me too i bought that i i stocked up on potions and i bought that really powerful sword um but like I just, like, it worked. Like, it was a neat enough system. But I just was like, so wait a minute. This is Dracula's castle that is apparently hidden in the sky behind a solar eclipse. It's full of demons. And there's just some ex-military dude here that, like, set up a store to sell milk and swords. Yeah, it's, it's, odd. it's bizarre. Yeah. But, like, I just, I, it just feels like the only reason the merchant is there is for the sake of having a merchant in the game. It wasn't bad. I just thought it was odd, an odd fucking decision to have him there. Totally. Um, another thing I wanted to touch on, dude, is, uh, and this is going to be, if you ever, every single GBA game we cover on this podcast, I'm going to basically just repeat myself, but like, holy fuck, this game looks good. Like, I yeah. love yeah, it's the a great graphics. looking game. I love the, and I, listen, and you were, you were my guest. I loved the graphics on Symphony of the Night as well. I really did. Great. But yeah. the graphics on this game, considering it's on a little handheld console, like, this is a good-looking fucking video game. The backgrounds, all the enemies, the characters, everything in this game is just beautiful. The, the
1: background specifically, like, I was paying attention to them um, when I was playing this game. And, like, the backgrounds specifically are, like, very impressive for this hardware.
0: Yeah. Like, dude, Game Boy... And I, I know that Game Boy Advance is... Comparing the Game Boy Advance to the original Game Boy is, like, comparing, like, the Super Nintendo to, like, a fucking Atari. Like, I get that. But, like, yeah. I play I play a lot of, like, old Game Boy games for this podcast as well. And when I play them on, like, my 3DS, they look fine. But when I put them on my 4K monitor, they're kind of ugly. Whereas, like, GBA games, like, they look just as good today as they did back then. Like yeah, I they think, hold up. Dude, they're some of the best examples of pixel art in gaming history, the Game Boy Advance. They look so crisp and um there wasn't a sink, and like and this game has some of the same enemies from Symphony of the Night I'm particularly thinking of the giant flaming blue skull which I think is like yeah, the coolest yeah, oh, fucking I, enemy fucking ever hate
1: um, him but yeah he's really cool
0: yeah I hate him too and it also got some creepy dude what the fuck are with those giant chickens I don't even know the what the what? fuck those they're like giant fucking horse chickens and I don't know what the fuck they're oh, called oh yeah no I don't like
1: those at all I
0: hate those fucking things
1: I, I specifically hate the ones that have long legs Yes. Like the long leg chickens. grows gross. Ugh.
0: And like, I get that the needy, like, status ailments make sense, but like, I will never like the stone status ailment in these fucking games because it's just annoying. Yeah. It doesn't hurt you. It's just annoying. And, like, you're trying to rush through. You're like, I know I can kill that guy in two hits. I just got to get close enough to him before he hits me with his stupid fucking stone stare thing. And then you get frozen in stone, and then you're just mashing buttons trying to get loose. Fucking drives me
1: up the wall. And Konami, like, I know, like, you don't make games anymore, but, like, if you do make another Castlevania game, like, how about enough of the Medusa heads? I've had enough.
0: The worst... Dude, that was the... Actually, I will say, that was the only time... I started to lose my patience with this game was trying to climb up and down those fucking clock towers. The clock tower, yeah, I agree. Not being entirely sure where I can stand. And then motherfucking Medusa heads coming in from the side and the gold Medusa heads make you stone. So then you turn into stone and then you rotate off the gear, fall to the bottom of the clock tower, (laughs) land on spikes, have to climb up it again. And I was getting do like The spikes do massive damage. Yeah, and it wasn't even about dying because I had nine potions. It was just about like fuck me. Now I have to climb up this fucking clock tower again. And I'm not <laughs> complaining that the game, like I, I don't want the game to be easy. Like that's not what I'm saying, but those would med- like, there can't be a soul on this planet. That's pro Medusa head in no. these games. They're the worst enemies. Maybe in video game history. I I, I would agree heavily, especially the gold ones
1: specifically. I think oh. they suck really bad.
0: Oh, I hate them so much. And they're so hard to hit sometimes. And then, like, I would turn into a bat and be like, I'm just going to cheese it and fly through. But then I'd fuck up and get hit anyways. And just like, oh, oh, fuck those Medusa heads.
1: You know what's crazy, though? You know what's, like, absolutely crazy is that... how, How far into this podcast are we? 45 minutes?
0: Yeah, 45 minutes.
1: We haven't even talked about the crux of the game and the reason the game is so fucking good, and that is it has a shitload of very fun boss fights.
0: Yeah, I... I agree with you dude. I love the boss fights in this game. Like I like Death is the one that stands out to me because I thought he looked cool. I thought he was challenging, but fair. The first time he killed me, I played the classic, "Oh, that's such cheap bullshit." But it's uh, usually yeah. not. Usually it's just bad play and I'm just like, "That's like so for if for any of you that are newer to the podcast, usually when I call something cheap, that's just remember the game lingo for I Suck at Video Games. Perfect. Um, but Death was fucking awesome um my, my favorite boss
1: fight in the whole game not only i thought was fun to fight but like showed off what the game boy vans could do and it was balor who was like the giant in the uh the coliseum who would like he had like the big hands and the big face and like the boss fight start do you do you remember the boss fight i'm talking about
0: no i don't think so i'm gonna look it up right really? now like it's been a few yeah. weeks since i played it what's it which was yeah. which one was it
1: it's Balor, B-A-L-O-R-E. B-A-L-O-R-E. Look it up.
0: B-A-L-O-R-E.
1: Is my favorite boss fight in the game. And...
0: Oh, yeah! That yeah, fucking, yeah. like, where it's just that fucking huge guy in the background, like he's in prison
1: yeah yes This, this is my favorite boss fight in the game and i love it so much because like the first boss fight from castlevania which is the giant bat like shows up and you're like oh i'm gonna fight the first boss fight in castlevania and then balor crushes it to death and it's like blood splurts everywhere it's awesome
0: yes i totally forgot dude i gotta say like i love any video game like i've constantly yelled out or shouted out the final boss fight in yoshi's island when you're fighting this massive Bowser walking towards you in the background, I like One boss fights. Faves, yeah. Yeah. I like boss fights where you fight something in the background, but to see something that well done and it's on the GBA, I totally forgot yeah. about this, but you're right. And you have to like hit him in his eye as he's yeah. like in this, like, and he's like, literally all you see is like part of his face. And then his two giant fists such an awesome, I totally forgot about this. What a great fucking boss fight. Yeah, dude. All
1: all of them are good. Like even though, like I'd say they're a bit like um Legion, um which is like a Castlevania, like it was in Symphony of Night. I I can't remember if he's in other ones. Yeah, but Legion was like very easy this time around. Yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, that's fine.
0: Like I thought Legion was so. If you've never played this one, Legion is this like giant ball of
1: corpse human corpses yeah, yeah and it
0: like floats around and you keep attacking it eventually you like chip away at all the corpses and get it like the soul inside or whatever the fuck it is Uh, it, I, I think it's a cool design but I thought that was kind of a lame fight this time it was just really yeah. easy you just kind of ran around this giant square and hit him when he came close
1: yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, just kind of. Uh, but, like, yeah. but, like, ultimately, it's still, like, it's still fun to... It's still a fun boss fight. I really like the Manticore boss fight as well. That was, like, probably the only time I got, like, pretty stuck at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Uh,
0: Do, but I so got over that,
1: like, pretty quickly. I
0: brought up a list of the bosses so I could remember. So as I don't know any of their names. But, yeah, the Manticore is, like, this fucking what is it like a part lion with a scorpion tail and bat yeah wings? yeah i don't know but it's fucking I, I think i was calling it man bear pig while i was fighting it because i didn't know what the fuck <laughs> it was but like that was a pretty rad look the thing about it is like i think the thing with this game is that you run into the same enemies and i guess this is with most video games but you run into the same few enemies so often that when you come across these big more powerful boss looking enemies they're fucking rad and what i like about this game is that when you beat the um the bosses you you just like you do with most enemies you end up getting like a soul from them and it gives you like a cool new ability that you can do something different yeah um, and usually
1: usually it's like you can use it on other boss fights
0: yes yeah oh fuck yeah so like i agree like and like and the thing about it was again like outside of death which was on me and then that final fucking chaos fight which again was on me um none of the i hate boss fights where they're just and, and I, this isn't remember the game lingo. This is me being honest. I hate boss fights that are just cheap and they're just a giant enemy that just tries to run into you. I'm like, there's no... This is bullshit. But like when they have cool-looking attacks and you can figure out a pattern and form a strategy to fight them, they're excellent. And I don't think there's one that isn't like that in this game. Like, the, yeah, they're really totally. well-designed. Um, yeah, and, and I think the
1: castle's well-designed... Q, it's not my favorite Castlevania castle, but like I think it works pretty well, specifically for the platform that it's on.
0: Yeah, the only issue I really had with the castle in this game was I found the water to be a nuisance, but I'm gonna think the water's a nuisance in literally every video game ever. Um, Agreed. and then the floating garden, uh, I just found it like a little tedious. Because it's like yeah, the same I, screen like five times over.
1: Yeah, like when you're going into the chaos realm and like you're like you're like you you don't know where like you kept you keep checking the map because you're like this keeps portaling me around all over the place
0: yeah like um, i totally I, it reminded me of like a ghost house in mario and i fucking hate ghost houses <laughs> and that was kind of what the castle like the this floating like it would have been cool if it'd been like three but there's like five or six and most of them yeah. are the exact same design it's just different enemies so you're just running through them over and over and over again and i was like for fuck's sakes like let's oh. go Oh, you know what else is like a banging boss fight is that there's like,
1: and this is probably the most unique boss fight in the game. I can't remember. I can't believe I forgot it, but it's the woman
0: who like switches out her head. Yeah. I was going to yeah. go there too. And it's a
1: Really fun boss fight.
0: When I was playing that one on stream, I like the first stage of that boss fight is like super easy. It's just like a woman in like a classic giant. I don't know the technical terms, but like the giant puppy like Dressed, dress dress yeah. yeah and i was like she's not even doing anything and i'm like what the fuck i was like does like when you kill it does it swap heads or something and then sure as fuck i kill it and then like another head comes off the background turns it into like a whole like meaner looking woman that's like a little bit tougher then another head comes off the background and takes it from a woman into this like evil lizard thing that doesn't even the more than i love the lizard <laughs> yeah and i was like yeah i agree dude like between that death the fucking giant badass creature thing in prison the man bear pig you're right like there are some excellent boss fights in this fucking game like they're really yeah totally and like just again like i have such a hard on for like pixel art and like some of the sprites in this game are just stunning like fucking gorgeous agreed um man I, like so we covered that we covered the the soul system is is fucking excellent i will ask super good like personally i played most of the game with my projectile weapon being the um, like a giant axe or whatever it was that you would throw and then it would boomerang back to you. Um, I, used,
1: I used the rock. There was like a giant rock that you could throw.
0: I don't think I ever got that one, a giant rock. I yeah, that's that's I did, what I
1: used for most of the game.
0: I had the throwable hammer and then near the end of the game I picked up the ability to spit like five fireballs out in front of you and then I rolled with oh, that cool. one the rest of the way. Um, But that's <laughs> red, that You and I it played the same kind of, game yeah. and rolled with totally different powers like that's the cool thing about this game and that's where i think there's some replay in it because like there's not a lot of replay as far as exploration goes because like you said it's not the biggest castle in the world and you're like unintentionally you're gonna see 80 plus percent of it but the way that you could go back in and be like i'm gonna play with totally different souls this time um is really neat oh dude and we didn't like did you play the julius playthrough at all
1: no i didn't no i
0: didn't but i've heard
1: that it's like pretty intense and like the best way to uh, speed run.
0: Yeah, like I didn't, I didn't finish it. I just kind of, I got like so like the Julius run plays like Vintage Castlevania. You can't level up, you can't get new weapons, you can't inherit souls from the enemies, but you've got like four classic Castlevania weapons that you can scroll through. Like you've oh, got cool. the like the the boomerang axe or the boomerang cross. I mean, uh, the I potion.
1: Think, can you throw the potion? Yeah, I think
0: there's. I think it's. I always called it holy water. Um, I think that is what it is, but, actually. Yeah, I think there's the holy water. I think there's the giant arcing axe that throws up in the air and comes down. And then he's got a whip. But it plays like a classic Castlevania game. And I didn't finish it because, honestly, like I, I found it a little bit boring after playing where I could swap out all my souls and go crazy and, and customize. Um, yeah. But it's not, I will say, like it's not a half-assed. Like, you know when you beat like a Mario game and then you can play through the game again, but they just made the Goombas into, into Beatles. Or like, yeah, yeah. like, and it's like, okay, but you didn't really do anything. Like this is the exact same castle, but with a different character using different abilities and stuff. And, um, yeah, the only reason I didn't finish it was cause like I had already put so many hours into playing it as Soma or whatever the fuck his name was. I kind of just, I just found it a little bit boring, but it is. is it this, it's the same game though, right? I don't know. Cause I didn't get that far into it. Like, I don't think it's I the just... same cutscenes and stuff. I assume there's a different story to it. Uh, yeah, I, I wonder what
1: happens when you get to the Julius boss fight.
0: Yeah, and I like I don't know, but I will say like like props to them for being like some games pad their game by just being like like I said you can play through it again on hard mode, but this game was just like no we we made a whole second playable character that plays like classic Castlevania through the same castle go nuts. Oh um, my
1: God. Okay. So I'm sorry, but like I was curious about this. So I looked it up just now. Yeah. And when you get to the Julius boss, like there's no, it doesn't look like there's any story in the second playthrough. But when you get to the Julius boss fight, you just fight Julius as Julius. Oh, okay. Yeah, that seems like maybe they, they didn't finish something. Yeah, maybe there. that's a little bit mailed in, but like <laughs> yeah.
0: I like like when I went to start it, because I saw there was a new game, you could play a new game as Julius, but I assumed it was the same game where you'd still like steal souls and upgrade your abilities and stuff. And then when I found out that it isn't, I was like, I guess some would say that maybe kind of lazy. I thought it was really cool that they were like, hey, like by the way, here's some vintage Castlevania, like vintage yeah, I- abilities, vintage whip no leveling up just retro castlevania the I only just, thing I oh and yeah sorry the only thing you do level up on the julius playthrough is you still fight the bosses but when you fight them i forgot about this you fight the bosses you just get an orb that just ups your like overall strength and magic and stuff a bit
1: and yeah, so and you make
0: sense yeah yeah like you can go right to the end of the game if you know how to get there or you can go around and fight all of these uh the other bosses and just stockpile a bunch of like health and magic upgrades before you go to the final boss that's smart. Um, yeah. But like for a GBA game from like 20 years ago that maybe you bought and you're like, "Well, this is my game that I'm playing for the next month." Um it does add some replay to it, which is cool. So, Yeah, like- and and this game this game like ultimately
1: is very dope. Like, oh, you know, man. I had st- I had some complaints about it, but like I just wanted to get those complaints out to make me sound impartial to be honest. This game is very dope.
0: I loved it. Like I I yeah. fucking it's uh like I always thought like again, very limited experience. Super Castlevania 4 is my favorite Castlevania, but I think this one's replaced it. So now this is the bar um i thought it was so much fun i thought it improved on the stuff i didn't like from symphony of the night stuff like the better inventory system and the not hiding half the game and stuff like that uh i thought the story sucked but i thought the story in all castlevania games suck i don't really care about the story i love the souls mechanic and being able to go around and grind out like if you're bored dude if you had like imagine if this was like the game you got for your birthday or christmas or you spent all your money on and this was all you had to play in theory if you if you were really digging it you could just go around and grind souls and just see what other abilities there are in the game um, yeah, and I totally. think that's really dope. Like that's a really, you can try playing it with like brass knuckles instead of a sword and trying it that way and stuff like that. Like there's a lot of, here's your one per episode. There's a lot of meat on the bone in this game if you want it. And, um, thoroughly that impressed. Being, that being said, I don't love short, um,
1: like short range weapons in this game because no. to use them, you pretty much have to be like in your hitbox to like, like that's how close you have to be to the enemy is that they're pretty much in your hitbox when you use like the knife or like the brass knuckles
0: yeah i agreed yeah i never you like i was like you know give me a long weapon i'm not good enough maybe someone that's really good can get close to the enemies and hit them but that's not me i was like yeah. i need to be as far away as humanly possible like, give me give <laughs> me a shitload of range <laughs> yeah exactly um but then like and then you could also use all your magic and stuff i just i was i was I went in being like, "Ah, I'm sure it'll be okay, and I came out being like, I'm thoroughly impressed. Like, I bought the entire Castlevania Advance Collection just to play this, and now I'm like, well, now I got to play the other ones. Cause if there's Harmony of Dissonance, I'm interested.
1: Harmony of Dissonance is really good, also. So like, you know, if you want, if you
0: want to talk Harmony of Dissonance, you know, know, I'm always around. (laughs) Yeah, I just like, I don't consider myself the biggest Castlevania fan, but like, a good game is a good game. And at the end of the day, like, that's what this was. This was just a good. I'm, I, I enjoyed myself. This was just a fun video game. It's a blast. Um, so how the fuck do we score this thing, Castlevania: Ari of Sorrow? Um, Out Jesus
1: of jeez, uh, we there isn't like a large enough number because there's like,
0: yeah, uh, I don't know, I don't wait. have a funny way to score this one.
1: Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's let me. Oh, I'm just gonna I, Google something. Oh, I was I gonna can't. look up
0: how often do solar eclipses happen.
1: Ooh, yeah, that's that's a good one. How oh, a- also,
0: oh, before we before we before we score this thing,
1: uh, there's one other thing that I want to mention. What's this that? game takes place in 2035, and they don't do anything with that.
0: Oh, I didn't even know that.
1: The game takes place in
0: the future, and they do
1: nothing with it.
0: Well, but they, I, I don't. I, I, yeah. Yeah, like there should have been like the transporting air tubes and the flying yeah. cars. Like that's what like the fact that we don't have those now in 2022 is a goddamn joke. Like yeah, I was I- raised to fucking know that by like the year 2000. Like, didn't you ever read Archie 2000? Like, shit's supposed to be different. Nothing's fucking yeah. different. We have smartphones and the internet where we're all just assholes to each other. Nothing The since takes sick. place
1: in 2003. <laughs>
0: Seriously? Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking sick. Um,
1: oh, but fucking- yeah, like, I just thought it was so weird that they p- made it take place in the future uh, instead of, like, medieval, like they usually do, yeah. and then didn't do anything with it. I didn't know that. I thought, I thought it was just so bizarre that there was, like... Nothing.
0: It says that solar eclipses happen two to four times a year around the world. So that's no fucking good. Fuck. Uh, um, wait, okay, how, so many, here, how many? What? I just Googled how old is Dracula. And it says how... 591 years old. 591 years old. So Perfect. that's what we're scoring this out of. We're scoring it out of 591. Uh, um... Maybe the stupidest ranking system in the history of podcasts. Um, what would you score a Castlevania Area of Sorrow out of 591?
1: 591, huh? That's a, ugh. Like, maybe 550? That's exactly
0: where I was going to go. That's lame.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It it sounds about right. It's not the best game I've ever played, but it's good.
0: Yeah, that's exactly, that's literally the exact number I had in mind. So I'm going to go 551 just to be uh different but like prices right me yeah exactly but it's like an 8 out of 10 like it's a good fucking video game and like i will just say having not played the other two games so i can't speak to them but if you've been on the fence about the castlevania Advance collection having played one uh i'm like it's another quality collection like i'm uh, like i know we're all mad at konami for not doing more video games and i agree with that but like i've bought the contra the castlevania and now the castlevania Advance collection and i have no qualms with any of them
1: yeah. Like I've got, I've got all three also. They're perfect.
0: They're all great. And like and it goes on sale all the time. So if you're cheap, like me, just wait for it to go on sale. Um, totally. And you um, pick it up.
1: um, Oh shit. Oh yeah. And another thing about this game too, is that like, it's not very long. Like I think I did like six hours on it, maybe yeah. seven. Like it's yeah. not, It doesn't waste your time. It's just, it knows what it is. It knows how long it should be. It, it, it feels more like Super Metroid than Symphony of the Night does. I yeah, think. it does.
0: Yeah, it feels yeah. it like in both. A, uh, it feels a little bit smaller, a little bit shorter. It feels like a Super Nintendo Metroidvania game, Absolutely. which isn't a bad it was, thing. It, it, was, it was good. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just yeah. If you're looking for like a forty, unless you want to go grinding souls, you're not going to get like forty hours out of this fucking game. And um, at the end of the
1: credits, they say special thanks to you, and that makes me feel cool.
0: I always like when they do that. That's always nice. (laughs) Um,
1: I I like when you put in your name at the beginning of the game, and you're like, I don't know why I did that. And then at the end of the game, they're like, I think Earthbound does this, where they ask who the player is, Yeah. like who's playing the game. So at the end, they could be like, and special thanks to Bradley. And I'm like,
0: oh, all right. Well, they need to pray. They get you to pray. They get you to pray for that. But like, yeah, it's always Hoju, because I always enter Hoju, but...
1: Um well uh we, we we might have to we might have to jump into the ds realm too because the ds ones are also like pretty good
0: yeah we have never covered a ds game on the show but like they're they're entering that territory if we can do ps3 and xbox 360 games we can do the odd ds game yeah yeah that's
1: that's like the dawn of sorrow the sequel to area of sorrow and it's also very good
0: Oh, that sounds... Yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. Well, I mean, like, I've stopped promising I'm going to play stuff because people people <laughs> hold me to, accountable. But, like, I, think, I will I add... Have it. Like,
1: I think you have, like, nine or ten games promised to me at this yeah, point. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I have the... It's called The Backlog from Hell. It'll never end. But, um, but this one is. This episode, that's my segue. This one is ending. But that was fun. And I feel like uh, Castlevania redeemed itself. After the last fucking travesty. So for all of you that are yelling at me for Symphony of the Night, stop fucking yelling at me. Or I don't care. They keep yelling at me. I don't give a fuck.
1: Unble- your opinion on Symphony of the Night is so is so terrible. Well,
0: people I just think. need to, people just need to have better standards, and then they won't fucking be mad. But anyway, um, buddy, thanks for thanks for doing this, Bradley. I appreciate it, bud. Hey, man, it's always a blast. My pleasure. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Bradley, thank you so much for giving me a call and talking Aria of Sorrow. Tin Smasher, thank you so, so much for sponsoring the episode and donating part of your your fantasy football championship winnings, of which I paid part of, I guess, because I sucked the hind banana in that fantasy football league. Uh, but thank you so much for donating part of it to the podcast and uh, picking Ari Osario. And thank you for introducing me to this game. This game fucking owns. And to every single one of you nerds listening to this right now, whether this was your first episode or maybe your 196th episode, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, if you were like, this uh, that didn't totally suck, maybe consider leaving us a nice review on your podcast service of choice. I read them all, and the podcast powers that be read them, and I don't know what they do, but... I know that good podcasts are supposed to ask for them, so consider this an ask. Plus, I think Spotify does star ratings now. So thank you very much for listening and consider leaving me a nice review if you want to. I just burped while I begged you to say this show doesn't suck. That's how good this fucking show is. And if you're like, man, I can't get enough of this guy's annoying voice, maybe consider supporting us on Patreon. It's only two bucks a month. Two bucks. It helps me out. You donate some money to charity and you get access to over 200 bonus podcasts plus two additional shows every week. And you can vote in our Patreon poll right now. That runs until May 9th. You can join our Discord. All kinds of badass stuff. Patreon.com slash game. It helps me keep the lights on. I appreciate it. I have a P.O. box. If you'd like to just send me a postcard or a letter, something little, some people send me big things and I'm very grateful for it but I'm not asking for giant things. I just want to know where you are and what you know where you're listening from and I'll send you a postcard back and we'll be pen pals. That we'll be pen pals. There you go. That's old school. Uh, you know. Plus, it's nice to look in the mail and not just find bills and junk mail. It's nice to get a postcard once in a while. So you can find the address at rememberthegamepodcast.com, but it is P.O. Box 69181, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, T6V1G7. So you can send something there if you want. And uh, finally, you can find me over on Twitch. If you're interested, I'm over there Tuesday, usually Tuesday nights. And then just whenever I can hop on. Um, sometimes I just build Lego. And just chat with people and sometimes i play games and you can see my nose and make fun of me and it's fun uh i don't i never beg you for subs or anything either i'm not one of those streamers uh twitch.tv member the game if you're interested i'd love to see you over there That'll do it for this week's episode. I'll be back tomorrow for all of our Patreons with Expansion Pass number 109, my review of Kirby and the Forgotten Land. I'll be back on Friday for all our Patreons with my next episode of Game Patch, looking at all the biggest news in the world of gaming, and I'll be back seven days from today with Remember the Game number 197. And usually this is where I would tip you off as to what game it is, but as of the time I'm saying these words into the microphone, we don't have it recorded, so I don't know what it's going to be. But I'm hoping it's either Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse or for the NES. It's probably going to be one of those two, assuming I get one recorded. Thanks a lot, everybody. I'm going to do some shout outs and get the fuck out of here. Take it easy, everybody. Cheers. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not produce all the content I turn out every week without your support. The following people are supporting us at the Senior Executive Vice President level or higher at patreon.com slash rememberthegame. So I'd like to take a moment to butcher a bunch of their names and thank them sincerely. So a massive thank you to... Makeshift Mallow, Money, Joe Buck, Sharonic, Andre Keegs and his stupid arrow handle, James Clark, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Slick Rick, Doug Dorn, Charlie Medeiros, Andrew Wright, Jordan, The Good Enough Gamer on YouTube, Fraser Burns, Lil Bunny 89, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Brandon O'Brien, AKA The Tin Smasher, Aaron Lawson, Matt McClain, Nathan Tromblay Morgan, Zane Donovan, Ryan Kinchin, Mike Maloney, Very Cool Dude, G9 PSX, Raging Demon, Wolfgang Darren, Sam Wright, Andy Hudson, Chris Copland, Doogie, Wolf Magic Twenty One, Johnny C C D C, Joel LeBlanc, Titan Four Twenty, Zonko Five O Four, Adam Farrow, Russell Aldridge, Jeff Bergeron, Captain N, Game Nomad, Messi, Daniel, Tunable Power, Tom Danks, John Woodruff, Just a Fish, Noop Super Dad Bros Podcast, Denzalo, Holmes, Zach Shepard, Ballsack Teabagger, Chris Dicken, Ontocar, Matthew D'Amico, Frosty Feet 492, Chris Larkin, Elijah Burns, Stephen Parnell, Dokabai, Ray San Wantongo, Zach Coiner, DBXJ, Jameer Williams, Steve Dalk, Phil McCracken, Trav H., Mizuru, David Marcus, Phil Lencher, Ruben Elizalde, Eric James, Riley Turvey, C-Spin, Thomas Smith, Nicola, Muchmakuichi, Leroy Westrich, Dark Squall, Jerry the 3D Printed Sawstridge, Evolva, Sean Ramos, Boston Porksword, DB Cooper, Stud Still Smash, Mojo the Helper Monkey, Solid Rake, Gabe. Solid Rake, Gabe. Almost dan fuselman aaron Mitson, decoy man john jameson wyatt the surgeon who's not a surgeon Roe, tyler nightmare dixon cider benjamin swiller pet my peeve podcast tristan teen the great esteban navarro KH catch katch jim josh stone chris williams eval skywalker cody richardson general fury salty by design jason workman dem boys on the roof And oh, what the fuck, LOL. Thank you all so much for the support. You're all the best, purple monkey dishwasher.